On this episode, we discuss Slender Man. Don't worry, the plot is a little thin. <laughs> everyone and welcome to the flop house i'm dan mccoy hey i'm Stuart wellington and over here it's elliot kalen and i can see my co-hosts right in front mm-hmm. of me in person what's this all about and what's the improved sound quality about what's that all about yeah it's almost like we're in an actual recording studio Stuart, are we in an actual recording studio elliot yes we are dan where are we <laughs> we're in max fun hq this is uh recorded right after the day after our la show i mean which, normally uh, when you're sorry to interrupt but normally when you sorry to interrupt but okay. normally when There's you suddenly uh, more interruptions somehow even though we're all in the same room <laughs> seems like... sorry uh sorry to interrupt but uh when you're playing a game of hot potato dan you got to keep moving that hot potato okay. i pass it to you so okay uh well i was okay it's we're... fine dan, no, let's get to it. business max h max fun hq or max head crew as it's also known <laughs> uh <laughs> i forget what i was gonna say. oh you know we just thought why not do it Okay, so right, we, we, we were recording a show in Los Angeles. <laughs> mm-hmm. We did a live show last night, and so now we're recording it at MaxFine headquarters because we're all in the same city. Yeah. Here in the beautiful American Cement Building right next to beautiful MacArthur Park where yesterday we saw a pair of ducks <laughs> eating a baby or whatever Jesse says at the end of Bullseye. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Remember, every radio star has a signature start off. Or what, nope. It's the opposite of what he says, I guess. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess... That's good for the Venn diagram of people who listen to us and Bullseye, but not the rest of the audience. You're right, Dan. We're usually pretty good about making jokes only the general <laughs> populace and no people will not feel excluded from. Yeah, yeah. Only, uh, you know, only the broadest of comedy. Guys, what month is it? I don't know, Dan. What month is it? It's I... so month. No, wait. Is that what you're going for? It's October. Oh, okay. Where we <laughs> watch okay. horror movies. Yeah. For this podcast, well, because what do we, we do, do on this podcast, Dan? I feel like you went to chapter three and when you skip chapter two. <laughs> well, you got to make sure the book's good, dude. <laughs> I think somehow the professionalism of our environment is bringing our professionalism down. I think so. Yeah, we keep waiting for the real hosts to come in. Um, uh-huh. Speaking of hosts on this show, that's us. What do we do on this show as the hosts? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You threw it to me right when the cough came Jordan, on. do not cut that out. Please keep that in. Um, so, Dan, take four, I think. What do we do on this podcast? We watch a bad movie and then we talk about oh, it. Yeah. And what month is it? It's October when we watch horror movies in honor of the spookiest month of the year. Now, what makes October so spooky? Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's because uh, you just start going back to school and you got this mountain of homework and mm-hmm. you also have to mm-hmm. also have to manage that with your uh, your extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. There are all those leaves you have to rake and yeah. they're dead and so you have ghost leaves yeah, all around the you. Ghost leaves are hanging on the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Also, you got to wear a jacket. And what's scarier than that, having to wear a lightweight jacket? That is, That was my favorite thing about trick-or-treating in the Midwest, was uh, was no matter what, I was a, I had to, like, prepare for cold weather. Yeah. So you were a ghost wearing a jacket, is what you're saying. Yeah. I think I stole that from somebody on Twitter. I'm sorry. Yeah, but the person on Twitter was doing, I hope unwittingly, a Jerry Seinfeld joke from about 15 years ago. Mm. So Okay. So, yeah, like... I, uh, 
you know, I, I stole from somebody. Um, Look, we're all stealing from somebody. Mm-hmm. We man stole fire from the gods <laughs> when Prometheus I, gave I, it to us. I'm stealing I mean, from my local blame, bank. You're blaming <laughs> what? <laughs> what a... Hold on. <laughs> Wait, so wait, did was Prometheus involved with your bank, too? <laughs> yeah, he banks with Prometheus Bank, oh, where wow. he takes gold from Zeus mm-hmm. and gives it to customers. Uh, uh, Stuart's been staring at his notes for a while. I think he's raring to go. Oh, no, I'm uh, I'm just scrolling through Instagram right oh, okay. now. Another post from Dan, huh? Cool. <laughs> While he's hosting the show, amazing. <laughs> what? Okay, so. So tonight... If you uh, tonight <laughs> tonight I've figured I'd set the mood because okay. it's a spooky show. Yeah, it's less scary if people know that it's one forty-five p.m. where we are right now. Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about a little movie called Slender Man. A very little movie. Um, very skinny. <laughs> okay, just kidding. It's a normal movie, uh, but it you know does feel kind of slim. A normal movie, <laughs> so it's, such as you might find it, in your local red box. It's not like those scenes in uh, what's that show with Julia Roberts where it's about the returning veterans, where some homecoming? of the scenes homecoming, where some of the scenes are shot with a in a narrow aspect ratio. Mm. It's not like that. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> Forget it. Never mind. Okay. So, Not worth it. Um, so just to let everybody know uh, up front that I watched this movie on a MacBook Slim <laughs> in honor of the movie. Oh, and man. Was you were li- or and- because you were on a plane watching it? <laughs> I was on a plane. And you were on that plane with Fat Boy Slim. <laughs> yeah. Former recording star. I thought star. he was fucking in heaven. <laughs> uh, yeah, on a plane. Okay. Okay. So the movie opens and we are introduced to a group of teen girls in small town USA. I am not sure if it's mentioned later, but is it? Are we in like New Jersey? Do they say Clifton a couple times? I, guys, I couldn't keep track of where the movie took place. I couldn't keep track of who the characters were or what their names were. Okay, the characters well, were pretty damn interchangeable. <laughs> well, their <laughs> names are Hallie, Chloe, Ren, like the bird, and Katie, so, like the person. Not, it's not Ren like the cartoon dog. The only, <laughs> not like Ren the cartoon they dog. They weren't like, guys, Unless we gotta... the subtitles were incorrect on my version of the movie. No, I think, cause it, I don't remember any scenes where they're like, we should call up Slender Man, and he's like, no, why would you do that? <laughs> oh, wow. I sort of... You've been uh, working on that one in advance of the podcast? Uh, not really. <laughs> I, I told them apart by being like, okay, there's the one that's a little punkier than the others. Then there's the one who was played by one of the girls from Bunheads, starring oh, okay. Sutton Foster. I haven't seen And then Bunheads. there are the two others. Okay. Yeah. I, I spent so much time beat there be like, we got to find Hallie. Where's Kelly? I was like, wait, I thought that was Kelly. <laughs> Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Which one is Ren? I just couldn't. I could, it took me a long time to get their name straight. Yep. That's when the nightmare has completely engulfed you. So uh, we see our uh, our friends walking through school. <laughs> they're our friends. <laughs> yeah, they're our friends immediately. They're great. So they're walking through school and they're having that conversation that like all teen kids have mm-hmm. in this kind of movie when you know they're doomed, where they're like, we're going to live forever. I think their their game is... If you could be any age forever, what age would you be? And of course, they're like, I would be 21 or I'd be 30. And then one one of them says, I'd be the age we are right now. <laughs> that allows you to assume what age they're talking about. And um, then Bruce Springsteen pops in and plays Glory Days. They bump into a group of teen boys that are kind of like the Omega to their Alpha. They're the exact <laughs> pairings of each of them. Um, and... 
they, unless I'm wrong, basically do not reappear in the movie. Like they pop well, in. Well, one of the Tom guys. shows back yeah. up. Tom Tom play is as rich a secondary character as exists in this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm such a fan. I joined the Tom Tom Club. Okay, well, <laughs> you're a genius you, of love. And how do you how do you join? How do you become a member of the Tom Tom Club? <laughs> well, well, you gotta collect a whole bunch of box tops and Marlboro Miles, and you send them in. <laughs> it helps if you have a pretty bitter relationship with David Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> so these teen boys, uh, we get a little bit of like you know friendly verbal sparring. Uh, it's basically I think our, a non-singing version of the. Atop that scene in Teen Witch. Exactly. <laughs> and and Hallie, our heroine, uh, is asking Tom about what they're going to be doing later. And he's like, it's a secret. And if <laughs> I told you the secret, I could tell it to you, but I'd have to kill you. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to say when you consider this is a movie about people seeing a secret thing and getting killed. Um, I don't know that the characters <clears throat> know that at this point, though. Uh, I mean, it's similar. It's that kind of irony where, like... Or it's like when the narrative, the metaphor, the narrative kind of bleeds into the story itself. Like in the opening uh, opening chapter of Ulysses, where Buck Mulligan is holding this like silver cigarette case and there's an emerald in the middle of it. And it's this symbol of like uh, this Englishman holding Ireland in the palm of his hand. You know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, sure. Dan, I have never read Ulysses. <laughs> so, Why would you? <laughs> I don't know. I heard it's pretty good. It's Stuart sound I heard there's a guy in it who has a cigarette case that and sounds pretty And his name is Buck Mulligan. Yeah, so he's like a porn star probably. <laughs> probably. probably. Or a famous golfer. <laughs> I mean he I think he begins like wearing a bathrobe. Like he opens the whatever. Okay. So, okay, Dan, uh, you know I love stories about people who wear bathrobes. That's why I, I've never been a reader of Playboy, but I followed Hugh Hefner's exploits because I admired that he always wore a bathrobe all the time. Uh, so Comfort first. We get some <laughs> scenes of home life. Uh, Hallie's parents are concerned about, we get some like concerns about teen pregnancy or teen, teen partying. Like in many movies, their dining room table is extremely dimly lit. And uh-huh. they only have one light that's on above the table. The kitchen, that I assume is next to the dining room area, completely dark. <laughs> As if they have everything they need on the table and they will not need to get up and get anything from the kitchen. Which, I don't know about you guys, is a very unrealistic <laughs> depiction of dinner in my, yeah, in my yeah. book. Like, I feel like any moment, like, a naked Axl Rose could wander in <laughs> off of the set of O's that don't cry. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're also introduced to Hallie's younger sister, Lizzie, who clearly wants to join in with the older girls mm-hmm. who only seem slightly older than she is. Uh, the I actually t- thought they were the same age for a little bit. And Rin's the one who kind of like encourages a little bit. I mean, like it's not yeah. her sister, but she's like, yeah, you're, a, you know, she wants to be the cool, like older friend. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Ren and all the all all of our uh, all of our friends. I spent the whole time trying to remember what other things that I've seen these young women in, and they've all been in a number of other things. Sure, yeah. I um, want to say uh, in this early th- going, uh, I mean, there are a few things I liked about this movie. To spoil it, like um, which which are surrounded by like some of the most sort of generic horror movie filmmaking. But... I mean, this movie does feel like it is the horror movie demo that comes with your DVD player. <laughs> Where it's like, does your TV work for horror? 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 Does it work for horror also? Does it work for horror? Because well, let's try it out with this with this disc. Uh, yeah, I guess it meets the minimum national requirements for horror. But uh, in these early scenes, I kind of liked, despite the fact that the movie's very bad at differentiating these characters, like we said, I did feel like the movie had this kind of weird 
semi-verite mumblecore thing going on where like it was shot in a slightly different way like following it's these very, kids it's than a, a generic quiet subdued teen. it's like if eighth grade was a horror movie at yeah times. like a quiet subdued horror, as opposed to like guys we've got to do this thing yeah come on hallie that would be crazy like yeah, it's, it's not... not super glossy and fake like it seems like maybe some of the it feels pretty fake well but it seems like some of the dialogue might be like semi-improvised and like they have like a good rapport with you i don't know i'm i'm looking for gems in the in the in the chaff but or but but i gems feel like in the, what who threw those gems in the chaff <laughs> I don't know. but I'm just saying that <laughs> Dan, you're working at some sort of farming mine. <laughs> if the script had been better, well, he stole style... the he stole the gems from the Duke's men. <laughs> He's going to return for them later. I'm just saying, if the script had been better, this style of doing a horror movie would have been interesting. It's something that I haven't really seen for this kind of teen horror movie. Yeah, like a teen mumblecore horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, it, but there's just not there's nothing really going on. So at times, it, so what should have been like a kind of endearing subtlety, yeah, becomes like. Uh, so is this a what, movie? What, what happens next? I'm not sure. It's it's like the boyhood of horror movies. Yeah. You're like, uh, am I? So is this a scene or like? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you about boyhood, but we are not endearing ourselves to like the larger uh, audience right now. Hey, I don't, I don't want to be popular. I just want to be me, but I also want to be popular, <laughs> guys. Do I have to like boyhood to be liked? It's great. I love it. I guess. I don't think so. No, no. Everybody's talking about it all the time, according to Dan. People are big fans of stunt casting and Ethan Hawke performance. Well, yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, I guess I am a fan of Ethan Hawke performances. Ethan Hawke and his stunt man, whoever yeah. they cast in that part. Yeah. Uh, so. So the, what are they going to do when so, they hang uh, out? So our teens are all hanging out. They're of course drinking. Uh, they're staying at Katie's house. Katie's dad is passed out, drunk upstairs. They're uh, goofing around, looking at stuff on the old internet. They decide to be like that group of boys because they heard a rumor. Those boys are going out into the woods and they're summoning a guy named Slenderman. Mm -hmm. And this is not Hiram Slenderman. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Who I assume is a tailor. Yep. So they actually his name would be like Hiram Slenderman, not Hiram. So they uh, they they go to a website and they (laughs) they just Google Slenderman, right? I do. Yeah, and I kind of like that the website looks. Like kind of crampy, like an actual website. It's not like I don't know what swordfish, where you're like, <laughs> let me let me get onto the internet, and you're then saying. the lights are flashing yeah. across their chrome faces. <laughs> uh, so they, uh, yeah, they don't have like four like digital avatars that are floating <laughs> through the cyberspace. A bunch of cubes they have to connect mm-hmm. to do something. You've got to collect the 14 digital keys to unlock the Slenderman portal. So they, yeah, so they're looking at this thing and, you know, they see a couple people on this forum mentioning it and then there's just a link that says summon him. So they're like, fuck it, let's click, click this link. <laughs> and it leads them to a video, which I'm assuming was uploaded by Slenderman. <laughs> uh, and they watch a video that gives them some instructions they have to listen for bells. They have to close their eyes. Uh, your usual urban legend crap. And the uh, and then when they open their eyes, their eyeballs are bombarded with a series of you know kind of cliched flashing images, ringu type stuff. Yeah. Now, yeah. Should, I'm sorry. Should we take a? Should we pause for a moment? Let's go on a tangent about Slenderman. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Let's talk about this Slenderman fellow. Slenderman is a Slender. Not an original creation the... for this uh, for this movie. <laughs> he, well, it in. An original creation of the internet, a new urban legend, a new like, like a flying a, spaghetti monster yeah. type thing. Yeah, so it's a digital urban legend. Mm-hmm. It feels like someone was going out of their way to create a Jersey Devil or um, uh, yeah. what's the 
Like a, the one that movie just came out about uh, about the that's a Latin American oh, evil spirit. Curse yeah. of Ya uh, Yorona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. They wanted to. They're like much. The internet. Let's just face. Or it. like a Mothman. Or yeah, uh, like, it's, uh, does it oh, fall under the subheading creepy pasta? Yeah, uh, it does. Yeah, let's say that it does. It's the internet thinks it it can do anything better than real life does, mm-hmm. and so they're like, why should we make do with all these analog cryptids and analog urban legends that suck? When we can have Slenderman, an all-original, digital, mm-hmm. 21st century urban legend who is a very thin guy in a business suit, which is frankly what loses it for me. <laughs> the idea that he's a monster from another dimension or whatever, but he wears a suit is mm-hmm. stupid. That it's like, oh, he's, uh, look, he's got to look real cool so that like a hipster can dress up like him in a skinny suit. Mm-hmm. He has no face. And at times he seems to have a tree body or a tarantula body. But anyway, he's just like a tall, thin guy in a suit. He's basically David Bowie. He's and, a tall, thin guy in a suit who steals children. He's David Bowie. <laughs> <let's> say, <laughs> if David Bowie like didn't David have a face, Bowie. he'd be Slenderman. Just like David Bowie. Uh, let's just say, though, that the movie doesn't seem to quite figure out what Slenderman is. And I think that that is partly kind of a symptom of the internet Slenderman, which is this crowdsourced story. So, like, everyone out there has kind of a who has written the Slenderman thing kind uh-huh. of does a different thing with Slenderman. Well, it, they're trying to they're trying to create immediately what usually takes decades or centuries, which yeah. is like so you have a character like the Jersey Devil doesn't exist. I'm from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. The only real Jersey Devil is, of course, Bruce Springsteen. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he's, oh, wow. he's, he's driven many to their to their doom with yeah. his powerful music and his promises <laughs> of riches yeah. beyond the Garden State. Yeah, the, the promise that you can be a sad guy in a bar and everybody else will still think you're pretty cool. Exactly, when in reality they don't. Uh, so the, the Jersey Devil is this creature that has existed in legend for a very long time, probably not as long as the legend is said to be, mm-hmm. but... It has accreted over many years both a solidity in terms of the lands, the landscape, the mm-hmm. mental landscape of the state, but also like lots of weird details and lots of regional dif- differences and things like that. But they kind of arose semi-organically from people hearing the story and then yeah. remembering it wrong or whatever, telling their children about it. Where with Slender Man, they're kind of like, let's do all that, but really fast. Yeah. Let's, so... like, let's, like, let's fake it. And so, yeah, it comes off as kind of a mushy character. And his thing, like, I mean, like. There is a textbook about him. In the movie, yeah, about about bioelectricity and what we'll get to that. I guess. I mean, yeah. in so much as <laughs> yeah, anyone, we're going to get to a textbook about bioelectricity. <laughs> in, in so much as anyone agrees about Slender Man, the kind of basic parameters is he mostly targets children. He sort of he either spirits them away or drives them mad, and his motives are deliberately left vague. So in the uh-huh. movie, it's similar. They know that he either takes you, mm-hmm. drives you mad. Or kills you. Yeah. Why? Bump, bump, bum. Because these are young Americans, young Americans. It's David <laughs> yep. Bowie, guys. And I just, like, very quickly, I want to touch on and, something. And I'll say this he does this to young Americans because <laughs> he's afraid of Americans. Oh, yeah. David <laughs> yeah. Bowie. Yep. Uh, I, I wanted to Ground touch. Ground control to Slender Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're taking it. all the kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. But why do you wear a necktie if you're a monster? Mm-hmm. Uh, How do you tie oh, that necktie with those fingers? <laughs> um, I mean, I think he would be extra good at it because he's got these super long. Stewart, but he can't f- see in the mirror. He doesn't have eyes. I can't see the um, the window. How is our engineer Jordan reacting to Elliot singing? <laughs> <laughs> she's loving it, I think. Oh, wow, she's filling out her last one testament. <laughs> that says give everything to Elliot. <laughs> no, I wanted to say, too, like, I just quickly want to touch on this as quickly as possible and move on. 
uh, content warning, like, so there was a stabbing related to, to Slender Man where uh, one young girl stabbed another young girl several times. They had been sort of obsessed with this character. And this movie came out four years after that. And a lot of people were kind of like upset that this movie came out because of this real life violent uh, stabbing. And um, and I and I I did a little reading on the production of this movie, and this movie was sort of cut down to get a PG thirteen rating. But reading between the lines, it seemed like a lot of stuff was maybe cut out too, so as not to like Be evoke too that, close to that case. too much. And so that is also part of why this movie feels so weird disjointed and things don't seem to follow other things. So you're saying it would be tasteless of me to now do my Slender Man Who Sold the World parody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. That's a lot of work to get Elliot to stop singing. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's obviously fucked up. So, yeah. So they, so, yeah, it's and it's tasteless of the filmmakers to, to maybe if, if they intended to yeah. exploit that. I didn't want to dwell on it, but I feel like it's worth just mentioning. But then again, yeah, that kind Fyodor of ex- Dostoevsky wrote a novel that was inspired by a real murder. Is he exploitative? Uh, probably. Okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, the, I mean, he just got his just just desserts. It, He's dead now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, the curse of that. Just because just it happened a long time ago doesn't mean it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, good point, good point. Um, well, that actually sheds a little bit of light onto the most likely tacked on uh, monologue at the end of the movie, but we'll get to that. So they watch this video, and then they're like, oh, that was weird or whatever. Uh, let's watch a movie. And I'm like, yeah, let's watch a movie. But nope, we don't <laughs> get to see it. They put on Slender Man. <laughs> in, 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 instead, we, instead, we get a time jump uh, one week later. Uh, all the girls have been having uh, nightmares. Uh, they're all kind of like... Their nightmare fantasies are kind of starting to bleed into their real life. Uh, they go on a school trip to a historic cemetery in Clifton. <laughs> because it's Shocktober for school, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, yeah. My ghoul friend was watching this and she was like... I can't believe that she lets you call her your ghoul <laughs> she friend. She encouraged it. Um, she was like, what kind of... Like, what kind of uh, yeah school trip is just to a, a cement cemetery? Like, like she's like asking me what school trips I took. I'm like, uh, mostly the science museum. <laughs> I mean, if if there if it's a historic cemetery and like the town yeah, founders yeah, yeah. are buried there, yeah, yeah like, if they take you to a cemetery and they're Jim like, Jim Morrison's this is, buried. Yeah, this is the yeah, cemetery yeah. that they shot Return of the Living Dead at. I'd be like, <laughs> awesome, thanks, Teach. Cool. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have to learn about Return of the Living Dead on the streets. <laughs> yeah. And then me and my buddy Chainsaw would go back to summer school. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, uh, Katie, uh, one of the one of our friends, uh, goes missing suddenly. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of interesting edit because all of a sudden, like she's looking off into the woods, and then all of a sudden we flash forward till later in the day with like the yeah. police looking for this missing girl. Um, it's very confusing. It's like there's a little touch of picnic at Hanging Rock there. Not enough to make it impressive, but it's like for a moment you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah, what? which mm-hmm. she's. I mean, on some level, I appreciate. Yeah, um, it, it you know kept me on my toes. So good on you, movie. Your slender um, toes. Mm-hmm. So uh, shortly afterwards, her drunk father uh, we scares Hallie by breaking into her home at night. Uh, while she and her sister Lizzie are alone, she uh, he breaks into their home while very drunk and blames Hallie for involving his daughter in the occult. It's a kind of a weird scene to see this like drunk grown up assaulting but these two young women. But I was also like, how does he know that that happened? Well, because when they eventually go to her room, it's full of occult stuff. Okay. Uh, it's full of evidence. It's an evidence bedroom. Hey, guys, yep. I just realized uh, we're sort of involving Hallie in Shocktober. 
by having a character named Hallie by having a character in named the movie. I, I just want to say, like, uh, and, I, and so she finally saw a ghost. Good on you, Hallie. Yeah. The Slender Man. <laughs> if Slender Man counts a ghost, I don't know. I know I mean, that a lot of listeners are probably ghost adjacent. A lot, a lot of listeners are probably miss, missing Hallie. Uh, she was very busy for a while, uh, being in charge of Wyatt's show, and then uh, I think it's fine to say she had a kid, so she's very busy now. But I hope we hope I mean, to she, have her she back. Was, Pregnant and gave birth. It's not like a kid was. It's not a baby boom type situation. No, a child was just dropped, dropped in her lap. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like I just, uh, you know, we we hope to have her back, but it's it's harder than in the past. So, uh, mm, thanks so, for that digression. No, that's good. Well, that, that, I mean, no, I'm joking. It's good that our listeners know that the Hallie in the movie is not the Hallie who has been on this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nor is it Hallie Barry. No. Who has also been mentioned on this show a few mm-hmm. times. Um, Nor is it Hallie's comet. Mm-hmm. Which is not a person, but instead uh-huh. a big ball of ice that flies through space. Hmm. Okay. Nor, nor is it Leon, the former <laughs> restaurant home of the late Anthony Bourdain. I, Let me... uh, do you have a chart that explains this? I, feel I do. Like... Let me pull it out here. Now, these are the halls of medicine. <laughs> okay. They're not actual halls. The halls let, me, of let me delete all. Let now, me are the halls of the, medicine uh... the cough drops? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Uh, it's a misuse of the word halls. <laughs> okay. Now, here's Arsenio Hall, famous late night host, mm-hmm. interviewed Jason once. Yep. It didn't go that good. <laughs> I, uh... Now here's Arch Hall Sr. and Jr., the director and star so, uh... of the movie Ega. Yeah, I guess under... And of course here's Anthony Michael Hall, who is of course the son of Anthony Hall, I assume. I don't know how names work. Under uh, under goofs, I guess I should just remove the Halley's Comet isn't a teenager. <laughs> Incorrectly regarded as goofs. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. no uh, there, an unfilmed prologue explains that she began life as a comet <laughs> and took human form Splashed to learn what life down is like. to Earth, yeah. So uh, after, after this scary moment with uh, their friend's drunken father, uh, our remaining teens decide to become amateur detectives and they uh, trick her father into uh, being distracted. Like he's asleep on the couch and they wake him up to distract him so they can break in. It's like, why'd they have to wake him up? They could have just broke in. So they break in and sneak into their friend's room and they're like, oh, the where's her laptop? The police must have taken it for evidence. And instead, there's a whole bunch of drawings of Slender Man strewn about. And then they just find her laptop hidden. So it yeah. appears like the police took nothing for evidence. And also that the movie is wasting our time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unless it's supposed to be that I she mean, hid her computer from everybody else, but it's, it's just a waste. I'd argue that the entire length of the movie is wasting our time. Now, Dan, you're <laughs> skipping the final judgments. I mean, it's not wasting our time because we've made sort of a business out of this, but <laughs> other listeners. If, listeners, if you are not watching this movie in order to record a podcast that you make a little bit of money from, <laughs> yeah. I would say maybe don't bother watching it. Yeah. But that's for final judgments. Maybe Slender one, Man will change our minds. Now, one thing I do like about Slender Man is that... <laughs> The movie or the man? He's a generous lover. The man. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go into the pros column now. Uh, We'll say there's some obvious cons. We'll get to those. Mm -hmm. But under pros, I like when somebody's kind of been bitten by the Slender Man bug. They they immediately develop a little taste for some artwork. Oh, yeah. And they begin uh, scritching and scratching like mad. They discover a previously unknown talent. Well, they Uh should have called this movie Slender Muse. And it feels kind of weird because you would think with this, like, modern uh, tech techno savvy type bad guy they would be they would be making all these pictures of uh of him and what cad and like yeah yeah with them made out of emojis and stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah no but it's good old-fashioned pen on paper now dan uh-huh. let's okay let's well how do would you pitch the movie it's titanic mm-hmm. yep. but instead of kate winslet 
It's Slenderman. Uh-huh. And he inspires Leonardo DiCaprio to draw him like one of his French girls. <laughs> yeah. But Slenderman, well, I don't think, can take his suit off. It's kind of hard also, I think. Well, I mean, I was going to say it's hard to uh, draw Slenderman because he's got that sort of faceless quality. But it's it very it easy to draw. Easy to draw, yeah. Yeah, the hardest thing to draw is the human face. Well, the hands. If you've tried to draw hands. Mm, the feet. I think feet are even feet harder are, to draw than yeah, hands. Yeah, to make it uh, look like you're actually standing on something. And the pretty... penis is hard to draw without it looking goofy. <laughs> Let's just say the hardest thing to draw is the human penis. You know, I was doing uh, life drawing goofy. for a while. Okay. And I showed my progress to like <laughs> friends and they're like, yeah. wow, you really emphasize the female nipples and the male penis on these drawings. I'm like, I not intentionally. No, I just, no, you have yeah, to have life I mean, drawing models with very pronounced nipples and penis. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you want to show respect to your muse. <laughs> <laughs> They're bearing it all. I might as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, also, do the same, and that's mm-hmm. why you were kicked out of that life drawing class for drawing in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, one of my favorite life drawing moments was when, because we went to a small school. Oh, come uh, on, Stuart. <laughs> oh, Oh, oh. I know where this is headed, but you can go. Nope. Uh, it's fine, Dan. Uh, it's fine. I won't have a digression. Uh, I'll just stick to the plot like I you always like tell me to do. insulting to me. That's the reason I'm... No, it was a story about oh, okay. how, like, every... Because uh, we knew everybody in our class. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, my roommate, uh, like, showed up, from, uh, showed up to class one morning, very hungover, and a friend of ours, or at least uh, an acquaintance of ours who was the model, mm-hmm. uh, started posing for gestures. And his first pose was this, like, crazy one <laughs> that, like, ended up spreading his butt. Mm-hmm. And my buddy's just like, ugh, <laughs> <and> left <laughs> for the rest of the morning. Oh, boy. Now, here's something. I've never been in a real-life drawing class. So is it like in the TV where they walk out wearing the flimsiest of robes? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like a, the thinnest of kimonos? Well, not... Well, yeah, a lot of them. It yeah. seems like it doesn't give you a lot of coverage. Well, I mean, you're going to be nude in a second. Yeah, but you want to make it a big reveal. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you understand what the model's job is. I would come is. out in kind of like a Mysterio-style cape <laughs> that covered my whole body, and then I'd fling it back. What, what if you had a couple smoke <laughs> machines and you yeah. started yeah. playing? Y'all ready for this? And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, then I'd play you'd, that. You'd fling it back, and you'd be wearing a sweatsuit underneath. And underneath, you'd be wearing a full-body, uh, like, green man suit. I'd keep taking those things off, and each time I'd be like, okay, now you'll get to see it. And, I, and then I'd be wearing clothes underneath, and I'd go, uh-uh. <laughs> and then the teacher's like, class is over. <laughs> and it took I'd be too like, long. $50, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, we – oh, man. So they start <laughs> so they to follow up. Lap, they found her laptop. They start following up on her internet history. They find a website that her uh, that Katie was visiting. Uh, there's they find a whole bunch of pretty well edited and shot little Slenderman videos. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They literally looked like a good good piece of work of professional people trying to make amateur Slenderman videos. They're uh, they're reading all the comments on there, and one of the one of the girls says. It's like they're comparing experiences. It's like, yeah, no shit. That's exactly what they're doing. Um, so they get, uh, they end up uh, interacting with an online pal of Katie's uh, who goes by the handle Alley Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alley Cat kind of tries to like sketch out uh, when they when they suggest their friend Katie has been taken. Alley Cat su- sketches out some of what they might have to do in order to get their friend back. Which I believe they interpret as you have to give up or give him something they love. Yeah, right? yeah. something that they cherish. They're going to have to give up in exchange for their friend. Wait, was it Kelly or Hallie? Uh, who that who disappeared? disappeared? Katie. Katie. It's Hallie you is is both. our lead. <laughs> okay, um, Kelly plus Hallie. I'm just saying maybe Katie. their names shouldn't have been like Katie, Hallie, 
Mikey, mm-hmm. Je- Jenny, Jimmy, Tony, Jeffy, from Jeffy, Family yeah, Circus. little Jeffy, mm-hmm. uh, ba- Baby Sinclair. Babe Pig in the City. Babe Pig in the City. Okay. Uh, so, um, so they end up going out of the woods and they. Uh, they are like give up things they love, which involves like breaking pottery and ripping up uh, photos. It's basically their plan is like they got to go into the woods, into mm-hmm. the woods to get our friend, into no. the woods to help the Slender Man into the <laughs> woods, and home before dark. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so they I'm all finally on Dan's wavelength. <laughs> they all put on their blindfolds. Uh, the sounds of the forest go away, and then sounds of Slender Man come up, and of course <laughs> <laughs> that was his album sound. Of Slenderman, yeah. <laughs> and the rule was that they Slenderman and Garfunkel. <laughs> the rule was that like Slenderman was going to show up, and they couldn't look at him, or else they'll go crazy. Yeah. So like very quickly, Chloe's like, "Uh, what's going on? We shouldn't be doing this." And then takes her blindfold off, sees a Slenderman, runs away, freaks out. They've been, and she was waiting for maybe fifteen seconds. Yeah, she 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 gave up pretty quickly. These millennials, it's, am I right? But what's strange is like this is the kind of scene that a horror filmmaker would be so excited to be like, great, this is the first real encounter with Slender Man. I can take my time and build up the tension here. Mm-hmm. I can build up the isolation and build up that fear of like not being able to do anything while this like otherworldly force might be closing in on our heroes. But instead he's like, nope, we're done. Let's move on. Uh, I want to see his version, This I'm assuming the director's of him, maybe it's not, the, this director's version of House of the Devil where... Uh, Tom Noonan leaves the babysitter behind, and the babysitter is immediately like, who else is in the house? Come on. And then the bad guys come back, and they're like, we're here, too. It is a him. I looked him up. He was. He also directed that movie, uh, The Losers. And Stomp the, the Yard. younger Chris Evans and uh, what's his face? The guy who looks like Javier Bardem but isn't. Oh, Javier like, Bardem Jr.? The American Javier Bardem. He was in Faux Watch, VR Bardem. Watchmen. I don't know. Uh, but, Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Yeah, that's it. Uh it's an okay little action movie. Not great, but fun. Uh, wasn't Jeffrey Dean Morgan one of the Mick, Mick somethings in uh, Grey's Anatomy? Yes. And he's like, oh, was he McSteamy? Yeah, he might be. Or I Dreamy or no, Smokey. Dreamy is Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. Who is one of the characters in this movie since his name ends in E. Now, who's There's Mick Ka- Creamy? Ka- Katie, Hallie, Dempsey. <laughs> Mick Creamy? Yeah. Uh, that's Dr. Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> So Doctor, they're like, Doctor Twinkie, you'll be, you'll lose your license for this, and he's like, I'll outlast all of you. I'm full of preservatives. So Ren and Hallie find Stampy. find their friend Chloe Stampy. Uh, shaken in the woods, uh, injured from smashing into a tree while stumbling about Stim in the tree. dark, and they uh, and then like life kind of moves on. We see a little bit of Chloe. Uh, Chloe has a. Uh, as I said, she's shaken by her experiences with Slender Man, and then she he visits her in her home, and like he calls her on the phone, and she like it's this kind of it's weird a spooky scene. video yeah. call, yeah. And then uh, he's he, choking her, and then she looks in the mirror. She's choking herself, uh-huh. screams, which she should not be able to do if she's choking herself mm-hmm. well, uh-huh. because the choking should stop air from entering her windpipe. She needs yeah. that air to scream, but she's not. She doesn't really kill herself. She's just mm-hmm. giving herself a good old Slender Man spook. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good old scare him up. An old fashioned. So they, uh, so Hallie and Ren are trying to survive or kind of figure out their situation. 
Uh, Ren starts doing some research at the Ren library search. on bioelectric systems. What I love here is it is such an old-fashioned thing that she would go to the library to use their computers when it's clear all the kids have their own computers. And she looks up this book that's like bioelectric. The book is called like bioelectric Phenom- bioelectricity and supernatural phenomena. Does her normal small town library have a copy of it? You know they do. <laughs> and their small town library that's like. Super gothic and scary. Oh yeah, it's a scary library. Uh, it's and like, like Arkham's library. And I like when they're doing research. Like the internet research is kind of believably dumb. Like they're just doing like simple Google yeah. searches. It's the sort of thing that like, like if if you were like Stuart, you got to find out some stuff about Slenderman real quick to record a podcast. I'd be like, okay, let me start googling. <laughs> uh, and then there's all these like photoshops, these like historical Slenderman photos that are like, this is some of the laziest. Photoshop I've ever seen. I wish that they had gone all the way and had like paintings of like the Revolutionary War and there's a Slender Man in the back <laughs> that's encircled. I also feel like this was a mistake that the movie makes where it's like, okay, Slender Man is an internet thing, so the movie also needs to like tie into the internet a lot. Whereas like they keep talking about it as like an invasive idea, like yeah, a meme, and I don't, an evil I mean, meme. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen like uh, a Peter Paul Rubens where he's like, I'm going to make a beefy Slender Man. <laughs> There's a Mona Lisa Slender Man. It's like, it's not smiling. It has no face. Now, here's, I just want to say one thing about this textbook she finds in the library. Uh-huh. So it's called like, yeah, Bioelectricity and Supernatural Phenomena or something like that. Uh-huh. And it is, it is very much a niche text. My wife, she's a librarian. She's uh-huh. talked to me many times. My mom's librarian. They both talked to me about the need uh-huh. to cull a library's collection. Yep. If a book is, one, out of date, if it has incorrect scientific information, you got to cull that thing. That book seems to fall under that heading. Number two, if a book hasn't been taken out in years, you're probably going to lose it. You know what? It's just not being used at all. I have find a hard time believing that that book has been in such good circulation because <laughs> that it, it continues to be- Slender Man in this neighborhood. And it's not just still in the collection. It's on the stack. And it's, it's dog-eared. Like in, it's in the stacks on the show, and it's dog-eared. Yeah. Like, this is a well-circulated tra- traveled book. Yeah, also, and she's like deep in the stacks and tries to get a phone call, and all of a sudden it fuzzes out because I'm assuming libraries have scramblers to prevent <laughs> kids from using their cell phones. It's to stop- Old homeless men from watching pornography on the oh, computer. Okay. So it also, I don't think she explains the stuff now that she finds in the book. I think that comes a little later. But like yeah. the stuff in it is such like weird, like Ghostbusters, like the gibberish oh. that they throw around yeah. and trying to make like it science. It's like supernatural tech mumbo jumbo. And it's yeah. like, why are you trying to like midi chlorian this horror movie right now? Well, um, and I kind of also like that she relies entirely on a single textbook that she found, which is kind of funny because a textbook is like old media, and this is something that was created through new media, but. <laughs> Uh, she like completely believes in this uh, this one textbook she finds, and of course, spoiler alert: it provides no assistance for them over the course of the. It movie. is a huge waste of everyone's time, <laughs> including ours. Uh, so of course, she's deep in the stacks. Uh, she gets attacked by Slenderman. She kind of gets sucked into this weird like semi uh, like sub dimension, mm-hmm. caught in a library. Slenderman, multiple Slendermans are coming after her. He eventually. Uh, tracks her down and like pins her against the wall and we get the like slender man version of the alien three alien and ripley like almost kiss scene mm-hmm. where he leans in and he's like have you listened to my podcast <laughs> <laughs> and then she loses her own face right yeah yeah, yeah she loses loses her own face for a moment and of i want to say uh, trick rooney what yeah about the the face rooney was that andy rooney's rap name yeah trick rooney the faceless slender man you know like the faceless creature is kind of you know, creepy from a distance, but when we see Slenderman's face up close, it just kind of looks like styrofoam. It's what uh, in Clueless they would call a Matisse. Yeah. 
Uh, it does look like it was like smiley that way. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, this is kind of a scary idea, but when you see it actually on a person, it just looks like a big fat man's belly with a, <laughs> with a smiley face on it. Whereas here, it just looks like a belly. There's yeah. a, I mean, there's a lot of points where, in general, anytime they try to show the Slender Man, they're like, we need to define, like, make this character more definite. Like, we need to make this like a physical presence in the world. And mm-hmm. I feel like what would make Slender Man scarier is for it to be vaguer and harder to see. Yes. But, you know. Like whatever. it exists just outside of the realm of perception. Exactly. Bit. Or that, yeah, that it's almost like something that would be believable and not like a guy that's like a giant tarantula man. It just, it always looks like a guy in a suit who becomes a tarantula man. And uh-huh. it's, it's the, it's the, uh, or I'm watching this. was a tree and then becomes a man that becomes a man with a tarantula body. I mean, I've, that's one way to look at evolution, sure. <laughs> from tree to man to tarantula man, sure. Hey, I, I I didn't come from no tree. Okay, Dan, we've talked to you about your evangelizing. <laughs> Please, this Shocktober has gotten very invasive. And, but uh, I had the same experience watching this movie that I had when I used to watch the show Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon when I was a kid, which mm-hmm. is like, well, it's not scary, but if it was happening to me, it would be scary. <laughs> like, it's objectively a scary situation to be in, but to watch it is not scary. Yeah. So at this point, uh, Ren has decided to go deeper into the conspiracy. Uh, Chloe has been driven mad. Her friends can't eat, like, just don't want to talk to her at all. Which basically just means that like, she looks like a zombie. Yeah, <laughs> she looks like she's a, eyes. Yeah, yeah, she's a vacant zombie. She hasn't slept in a number of days. And, yeah. uh, she and, looks like a young parent. And, <laughs> and Hallie is just trying to ignore it. She's like, it'll go away. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she schedules a date with Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, how late the date is, I can't tell. <laughs> the scene where she's like, I don't have time for this, Ren. I'm going on a date. It already looks, it's like full dark outside. <laughs> now, maybe because it's fall-ish, it's like gets dark early, but it does seem like the date is at like 1 a.m. Yeah. And Tom's like, oh yeah, my parents are out for the night. Yeah. The it Yeah, it kind of feels like I mean, there's something uh, very ice stormy about it. Yeah, it also is very much. Well, it feels very much like the 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 director was like, this whole movie is going to be like The Ring, where everything is dripping with menace and darkness. Yeah, and yeah, it's two a.m. all the time. Um, okay, so do you know uh, who your kid? It's two a.m. Do you know where your kids are? Yeah, over at Tom's house. They're at Tom's house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're, they're they're at Tom's house being cock blocked by the Slender Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so Hallie and Tom's date goes uh, goes as well as you'd expect. Tom shows off his dad's cool vinyl collection. Then they start making out, and then <laughs> this is what he plays this like sexy guitar jazz, I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. and it's like. What do you oh. describe it as? Smooth. It, extreme. Oh, yeah. oh, it I goes down about that real part. smooth. It's like yeah, he puts on the CD. There's like are no these uh, just... CD, Daniel. Uh, okay, it is a it is a vinyl album. Okay, he puts yeah, on this. You, it's so much warmer than a CD would be. <laughs> Sorry, he puts on this album that you're just like, is this just all guitar solos? It is. It starts with that, and it's like, but it, it feels like the background music of like a love scene in like a Beverly Hills 90210 <laughs> or Melrose Place, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, when I was a teen. I shouldn't, have, and I had a girl over. I shouldn't have put on music I liked. I should have put on cliche, sexy music. <laughs> so yeah, they just so like they, the saxophone from Baker Street over and over again. <laughs> so of course they start making out, and then like that sounds like the vinyl is uh, jumping around or skipping, which is horrifying in and of itself. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, for real audio head like you, <laughs> she she like looks up, and uh, Tom is having this like crazy freak out that is the most cartoonish thing. It's like they hired Tim and Eric. To produce this freak out, like, yeah. which actually I liked. It was like, there yeah, it's great. There are a couple of moments in the movie where they feel like they're using the kind of like weirdo video effects that you can do now digitally uh-huh. in a way that I don't often. It, I see a lot of horror movies seem to be doing the same effects you could get with film, yeah. but this they're doing like uh, like art video stuff. 
and I liked that a little bit. Yeah, but it I does want, look, but it also seems really goofy. I wanted, I wanted to get into that uh, too, like at the climax when there's like a lot of like really crazy effects, like Slenderman effects. Like I like the look of some of the weird horror shit that happens in this movie. Uh-huh. The the problem is it all looks pretty fakey. Yes. Like it's it's cool looking and really weird, but it also because the rest of the movie is shot very realistically, it doesn't fit in. Whereas if like this movie was Houseu or something, yeah, like it would be neat. So after her freak out, Hallie comes clean to Tom about her Slender Man situation. Uh, and she and Tom's like, wait, is this the video? And he finds the video immediately on his phone. She's like, you can't watch that. He's like, OK. She's like, promise me you won't watch it. Next day in class, Tom shows up super freaked out. It feels like everybody but Hallie goes through their stages of Slender Man exposure so much faster. Yeah. So, you know, she's not going to get much help there. Um, and then, of course, her little sister, Lizzie, goes into shock. She must have watched that video. She goes to some spooky hospital uh, where people with impossibly <laughs> long hair are getting their hair combed or like... People with no faces are hanging out. It's St. Halloween's <laughs> Memorial Hospital. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she realizes that, Ren, that her sister has fallen into a coma, and she realizes that uh, Ren is the one who exposed Lizzie to the Slender Man. So she goes to track down her friend Ren. She now, finds... was it to get Ren? Was, did Ren do it to get Hallie? No, to get well, who's the one who disappeared? Kelly? Katie. Katie. Did she do it to get Katie back, or she just not like? Was there some other reason? Because it's kind of it's. I mean, you you say what happened. I mean, next. I would say I th- I think from what I can tell, she did it because of the whole idea that you have to sacrifice something you love. Uh huh. So and she's, she's always thinking, had a close relationship with Lizzie. Yeah, and maybe by giving up Lizzie, they'll get their friend Katie back, or Slender Man will stop. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she goes to Ren's house where Ren, of course, has her little evidence uh, bedroom that's filled with more amazing Slenderman art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ren is hanging outside, like she's like standing. Now, Slenderman, now that I think about it, he's basically just the Operation Ivy logo, right? Yeah. But, with, but without the hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Slenderman probably likes Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to assume he wears that skinny suit all the time. Yeah. yeah. So they, uh, <laughs> he's, he's he steals people and he just takes them to his house to listen to madness and mustard plug and stuff all the time. Yeah. So she like while she's there, uh, she's like going through Ren's computer. I think at this point she finds evidence that the person they were talking to on the internet, Alley Cat, was somebody who was driven mad by Slenderman. So I guess we close the loop on that plot thread. Uh, and they find Ren. She's uh, standing on the edge of her uh, her bedroom window she's going to jump she's trying to kill herself uh hallie pull- i mean as aerosmith would say she's living on the edge and yeah. she can't keep herself from falling hallie pulls her in aerosmith to save her would say that. and then in fact they did <laughs> and then of course so they pull her in and save her and then almost immediately slender man yanks her out the window she's gone <laughs> it's one of those moments where you're like if slender man could do that why didn't he do it a hundred times before now yeah yeah, I mean, it's... Look, if what we is could Slender fathom Man's the mind schedule? of Slither, Slender Man... Or Slither Man, who has him as a snake man. <laughs> yeah. The snake man from Jonah Hex, perhaps. <laughs> it's kind of like how in It, It is both insanely powerful and also can be scared away if you yell too loud at him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the So, Hallie, at this point, decides to, you know, she's like, 
comes up with some kind of a plan. She goes marching off into the woods. I think she's going. She, her plan is to confront Slenderman. She finds him. He's standing there, and then he like sprouts big tarantula things. She immediately loses her cool and she runs away. And he chases her, uh, kind of like the giant uh, robot arachnid in uh, Wild Wild West. And she runs away, and then she I think like, that was the inspiration for the scene. Yeah. Then she backs up against a tree. Of course, that tree is a Slenderman tree, uh, because Slenderman is turned into a tree, and then he turns her into a tree, and then which uh, is the epi- It's the end of the children's book, The Slender Tree uh-huh. by Shel Slenderman, Shel <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Slenderstein, mm-hmm. where the kid, the tree keeps giving and giving, and giving yeah. until eventually it absorbs the child into its into its bark. Yeah, and the tree was happy because <laughs> yeah. so, it ate a child. Yeah. Uh, with with her sacrifice, <laughs> only her, God can be the child. Sorry. Her little her, her little <laughs> sister. I shall never uh, see a poem as lovely as a Slender Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Slender Man grows in Brooklyn is one of my favorite coming of age stories. Uh, Lizzie Lizzie wakes up her sister having sacrificed herself, uh, and then she seems to have been her her time in her coma seems to have explained all the secrets in the universe. As she then lays out some nonsense about how we all I believe it goes something like we all click on links, share <laughs> stories, Photoshop images, all serving his word. Some people seek him out and do messed up stuff. <laughs> Which, <laughs> like now knowing the actual like story behind some of this stuff, that's like a super fucked up way to end the movie. I yeah. gotta, but also like I have to say that this is if handled different differently. This is like, I know this is sort of a cliched idea, but it's also if handled differently, this is a frightening idea and maybe the first frightening idea in the movie. And it comes at the very end of the movie because it sort of suggests like this movie itself may just be furthering Slender Man's, you yeah, know, agenda. Yeah, it was done much better in the movie In the Mouth of Madness. Right. Where the, the implication is that by watching the movie, you have weakened the wall between our world and the world of these horrible things. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, but it's the idea that. Uh, I mean, like, I, I feel like that's part of the this thrill you're supposed to get from Ring is mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe there's something real about it that I shouldn't have watched this. And it now it's going to come after me. Yeah. The Tingler. It's in the theater, everyone. <laughs> Run for your lives. Yeah, Run I mean, for your lives. It, the Tingler's around. In a lot of ways, it feels like somebody was like, OK, so why don't we just do a, a Ring version uh, with Slenderman? Yeah. <coughs> and it's and if handled. Yeah. If handled. It's there's kind of a. uh I think it's like in one of those er uh, ideas of horror is that like by by observing it you have made it more real mm-hmm. and there is a good way to do it and they're like reaching for it with their with their wooden tarantula hands and this yeah. but it's kind of like a like Alan Moore's Providence comic which is yeah. like how the way Lovecraft's uh, work spread out and do all that kind of thing but but it's like uh, does do you think so do you think Dan that they had more substance in this movie and they just kind of had to cut it because it was totally tasteless. Because it was 101 I mean, like, totally tasteless <laughs> jokes for adults. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Would they the trim 90s? it down to, like, 90 or <laughs> 70? <laughs> they cut it down. To, I think they just burned the book. Oh, wow. That's, I, I mean, that's a rough editing job, but harsh but fair. I that's don't know, because it feels like if they were really, like, ups, like trying to respect the real-life tragedy, they just wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, they're like, <laughs> like they, they put money into a movie. That movie's got to make money. <laughs> yeah. But instead they just they, were like, let's just make it disjointed. I mean, unless this was a nonprofit from the Slenderman Awareness Association. Yeah. Or SMA. I mean... <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. It's just simply you SMA. putting the letters together. Yeah. 
I mean, if you if if a studio is going to prevent the release of a movie like The Hunt and instead uh, release uh, Slender Man, like <laughs> well, it's not the same studio, I don't <laughs> think. No, I know, but it's the same sort of like mentality of like not releasing a movie because it's vaguely connected to a tragedy, and one of them seems only the slightest has the slightest connection, whereas Slender Man seems to be great, closely connected to an actual tragedy. Now, would it be now would it be uh... Worse or better than if it was more connected, like, say, The Haunting of Sharon Tate, which is an incredibly exploitative movie in which they're basically saying if Sharon Tate and her and her friends had tried a little harder, yeah. they'd still be alive today. Yeah. And not, what, ghosts? Are they ghosts? At the like, end, the I think they're ghosts, but they're, they're happy ghosts. ghosts? Yeah. Because yeah. you can't spell ghost without H for happy. Uh-huh. Get <laughs> happy or stop Terrifying strangers. Oh, ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Ghosts, yeah. Wow, cool. <laughs> That's what ghost stands for. Thanks. Okay. Um, well, uh, let's do our final judgments. Is this uh, totally terrifying? Wait, was that it? Wait. You're the wait, keeper hold, of, hold this, of, the, of the BS, Dan. This is totally scarifying? <laughs> totally scarifying, totally snorifying, snorifying or frighteningly or funny. funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say it's pretty snorifying. I think that the thing about it is like, What's scary about Slenderman on the internet is kind of your personal connection to Slenderman. Like, you're going down that same rabbit hole. Well, he's hole. like Charles Barkley. He's friends with so many people you never would have guessed. Oh, yeah. God. Just, I'm just, just ordinary I, folks whose lives are touched in a beautiful way by Slenderman. I'm just saying that, like, I can see how it's scary at home where you're, like, sitting alone in front of a computer going down this, like, rabbit hole of, like, here's a Slenderman story that leads to this other Slenderman story, and maybe I am giving him more power. Maybe he's, like, going to come into my life. Like, you have that personal experience of, like, relating to this thing, whereas in the movie we're watching other people get on the Internet and learn about Slenderman, and it just doesn't have the same zazz. I don't know. Not enough zazz. Yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> like, if I was giving notes, I'd be like, terminal lack of zazz. I feel like we could, uh, like, let's let's ignore the obvious relationship, uh, the metaphor here between Slender Man and vaping, right? <laughs> um, I mean, okay. it's kind of it's kind of right it's, out there. It's so, hard to ignore it, I guess. I just I feel like I feel like I'm going out on a limb here, but I feel like we should take a stand against uh, instead of f- having so many firearms on our street and less being worried about Slendermans on our street. Okay. But, you know. Wow, so you're running for office, I guess? Uh, I mean, more people have been killed by vaping than by Slenderman. So. That's true. So part of it is the, like, it. this movie feels so padded out. Uh, there's, like, so many dream sequences, and there's so many dream sequences that are, like, nested on each other i did like the the one bit where where hallie is in the bathroom and then she looks down she's got a big old belly and then all of a sudden like a baby slender man comes out and i'm like son of slender man already (laughs) (laughs) the sequel's in the movie yeah the but no it like it's it's i mean it feels inevitable and i guess in a way like the that's the whole point but there's just so little there and it's hard to get scared at a movie that doesn't seem to like it not only doesn't know its own rules, it doesn't seem to care. It's a it's a yeah. horror movie that doesn't seem to be that interested in scaring you or having really much of a response from you. And like the thing, there's there are two styles fighting against each other, especially as the movie goes on and they're trying to scare it up by having more intense dream sequences. There's this style that is very removed and very there's almost like a haze between you and the film, and that can work if you lean all the way into it. Like I mentioned, Picnic at Hang Rock before. That's that movie. That movie is there's like a weird scrim between you and the film, and it adds to this mystic, like kind of ambiguity yeah. around the movie. Or you make it totally in your face, 
you know, scary intense, but it you can't quite mesh the two, or at least yeah. they haven't done it here. And so I'm going to have to say Snorifying too. although there are things that, yeah, Dan, if it had been handled better, if it had been made better, it might have been a better movie. <laughs> well. I'm going to go with Dan McCoy's Law, which is, <laughs> if it was a better movie, it would have been better. <laughs> yep. This is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. Mm -hmm. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident. Of realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talking about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. The Flophouse is brought to you in part by Casper. Casper's new hybrid mattresses can, bl- can blind. Yep, what, they what can they? blind anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, why that's why you got to wear shades. <laughs> your, be- your bedtime's so bright, you have to wear shades. Please, protect if I wear when necessary. <laughs> the, the hybrid mattresses combine the pressure relief of their award-winning foam with durable yet gentle springs. They took cutting-edge mattress technology, and where the DNA gaps were not accessible, they put frog DNA <laughs> <laughs> to create a hybrid that certainly can never get loose and destroy the park. <laughs> this new innovation offers the best of both worlds, luxurious comfort and resilient support. Even with springs, these mattresses still come magically in a box that simply arrives on your doorstep. Guys, without you and your resilient support, I don't think I can get through this. Oh, and yet we come in a box that arrives on your doorstep. <laughs> uh <laughs> The copy makes it sound like the magical thing is that the box arrives on your doorstep. And, you know, people do get packages. I think the magical thing is a whole mattress. I don't know. You're always complaining about not box. getting packages. Yeah, I read your Twitter feed. You're constantly like, it takes magic to get a package in this world. That's true. I think it's funny also. Dear Gandalf. <laughs> Dear Mercury, the messenger god. Uh, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. So get $50 toward select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash flophouse and using flophouse at checkout. That's casper.com slash flophouse and using flophouse at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's Casper, the ghostiest of the mattresses. Because mm-hmm. um, it's named after Casper Hauser. <laughs> so uh, no other 
corporate sponsors, but we have a uh-huh. couple of Jumbotrons. That you, you know guys... it. That's Jumbo the biggest Tron they make. Jumbotrons. Uh, Elliot, I believe you have the longer of the two, so perhaps you should go first. Sure. This is a message for Karen and John, soon to be name withheld. And this message is from Gabe, Fletch, and Nick. And the message goes uh, like this. Dear Karen and John, congratulations on your marriage. And there is no better way to celebrate but by paying the original peaches to yell it from the pod top. Whether it's Elliot singing a song, Stu cracking up on a beer, or Dan doing his best, Mr. Burns excellent as Karen's butt becomes a wife's butt. We are so happy to see you two together forever. Mazel tov. That's great news. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, and I also have a Jumbotron. What? This message <laughs> is for Kyle. The message is from Joanna. Kyle, I miss you. We need to update the crayon list. You're a good dino boy. Love, Joe. It's true. The crayon list does need to be updated. Dan, don't mm-hmm. pretend you know what they're talking about. <laughs> I said this, it is once. Their, this is a very intimate message between I've said two it people. A you you times. Don't, do not try to horn in on their on their lives. It's a I real am... you, me, and Dupree type scenario going on right now. I simply allow the spirit of the message to enter me and okay. come out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, every time Stuart finishes the jumbotron, he then goes, "Huh? What? Where am I? What happened?" Has Aeolus poured forth from my mouth? I simply allow the words on the page to enter my eyes mm-hmm. and come out <laughs> through my voice. So we don't have any more shows. We did our last show. The, uh, of... Live shows. <laughs> this is not the last episode of the Flophouse. We, we have... don't have any more live shows last for this night year. What was if our... it was? <laughs> you know what, guys? We're done. So close. Almost made it to 300. Well, we uh, were, yeah, that was our last live show. We have none more scheduled. As of yet, we will schedule more. Someday. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have other things to play. There's but... a show for us. Somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm. a show a musicals for this... us. Yeah, yeah. Episode. And the show is in a city, most likely. 76 more shows over the next several years. <laughs> well, that's really upping our, our number. Yeah, that's a pretty big commitment. <laughs> uh, as always, Dan, I'd love to promote my children's book, Horse Meets Dog. Uh-huh. I have another children book coming out next year. I'll tell you more about it as we get closer to it. And get ready, podcast listeners, because at some point, John Hodgman and I will begin releasing the episodes of oh, Max Fun will begin releasing. John and I are not doing the work of the actual releasing. That'll be Jordan who's doing the work of that. Uh, the, uh, Jordan Cowling, that is, who's listening to this right now, so I better say nice mm. things or else technical difficulties will kill all of us. I mean, oh, she's tearing a framed photo of you in half. She's frame it all. Tore the frame. But John Hodgman, she's listening to us every episode, Elliot, not just the ones we're What? The HQ. Uh, but Hodgman and I are doing a uh, – we'll have a podcast coming out soon called iPodius. We are watching the series iClaudius. This is a – Touchstone series of John Hodgman's uh-huh. life. I have never seen it before. I'm familiar with the books, but not the show. And uh, we're hoping to interview some of the actors who are in. Oh, that's, the show. Yeah, Ellie, that's part this... of the bonus content, right? I think it's actually going to be public release. Wow. Everyone can hear it. Everyone. But for bonus fans, we should have another episode up of our flop tales that we're moving through. Uh, episode three should be dropping soon, and that is <laughs> where I make Dan Elliott and Jubin play a role playing game with me. And, uh, you know. And after a long hiatus, we'll, we'll be recording the final episode of this series like Stu- soon. And I will desperately try to remember what happened in the last three episodes. Stuart is like, we're going to, I guess we'll have to listen. Stuart's always like, you guys aren't picking up on the clues. And I'm like, I don't remember what my character is, where we yeah. are, what's going on. The problem is, <laughs> yeah. Jubin as well had a child. So, it, you know. I mean, I don't think that's a 
No, problem. that's a great that's a thing. blessing for us. Dan's like, it's a problem because Earth can barely sustain the number of humans <laughs> it has on it right now. I mean, now. I kind of believe that, but, uh, you know, he can do what he wants. Um, All right, Miley Cyrus over here. Uh, and I'm also going to plug uh, my bar, Hinterlands, and my wife's bars, Minnie's Bar and Charlene's Bar. Minnie's Bar just started doing, uh, they just started doing karaoke on Saturday nights where I'm assuming Dan McCoy will ramble in every once in a while and sing such party favorites as the Monster Mash yep, and I did, some I, song by R.E.M. I did sing Monster Mash at the first night to um, acceptance. I would, yeah, I would say, acceptance. actually, you you had a much better reaction than I would, <laughs> was, would expect. Well, it is the season. Anyway, let's move on to letters from listeners like you. This first letter is from Emily, last name withheld. Mm -hmm. And Emily writes, Hi, Floppers. I'm hoping you can settle an argument. Yes. When my... <laughs> okay, well... We did it. Asked and answered. Uh, when my partner and I first got together, we had a lot of DVDs. Uh -huh. A couple of years into our relationship, we decided to pull the trigger and merge collections. Wow. Since then, our DVD collection has sat gathering dust in the corner of our living room on a number of rickety Ikea shelves. 99 wait, wait. I just want to stop and praise Dan for the way he pronounced rickety. <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, this happens so rarely that I'm going to take just a moment to enjoy it. But uh... Hey, look. Infinite number of monkeys and infinite number of typewriters. Eventually, you're going to pronounce something right. Okay. Well, 99% uh, of the time, we stream movies. In the rare case we want to watch a movie from our collection, we usually remember it's a plain old DVD and not a Blu-ray copy. So we download slash rent a Blu-ray Blu copy. I spoke too soon. And stream it to the TV. Rickety was fine, but Blu-ray apparently didn't I make mean, it past the velvet rope. I mean, Blu-ray <laughs> is actually a very strange thing to say. Shouldn't the movie be called a Blu-way? Because that's the way you're watching it. <laughs> what, Blue? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know why it's called Blu-ray, to be honest. It's, that's the kind of laser beam it shoots at your fucking disc. <laughs> a Blu-ray? Yeah, it's I a Blu-ray. Blue is spelled B-L-U? <laughs> I, I just that's say, actually a good point maybe I, it's an acronym for blazing laser <laughs> under your disc <laughs> wait so where's your disc coming? it's all part it's is all your... mushed together <laughs> i i just want to say that if i mispronounce a word now it does not take away the proper pronunciation of a different word they cancel the each past. other out like matter and antimatter pasta and antipasto uh <laughs> <laughs> newly and anthony newly Okay. Well, uh, Emily continues to write, or or I continue to read Emily's words, rather. Oh, thanks for clearing that up. He's <laughs> cooking along this letter. Uh, well, you guys are the... Okay. I have suggested that we donate or, or sell off our DVD collections, mm -hmm. holding on to a few good favorites. I think it would be nice to free up some space... In the living room. Uh -huh. But no doing. My partner is convinced that the fall of the internet is nigh, and at least we'll still have our precious DVDs to sell on the post-apocalyptic streets at a profit. Yeah. My question to you is, which side are you on? The Marie Kondo purge or hoarding for the apocalypse? That's Emily, last name withheld. Guys, if I can jump in, because I actually have been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh -huh. When I moved from New York to L.A., I went through a big VHS videotape purge. I said, I haven't watched any of these tapes for at least five years. I don't even own a machine that plays them. I don't need them anymore. So I gave them all away. The movies I taped off television, I threw away. The factory-produced, manufactured videos I gave away. And I don't regret that, but lately I've been regretting how much I rely on streaming rather than buying DVDs because I've had a number of experiences where I want to watch a movie and I cannot get access to it 
readily. Yeah. And luck, sometimes I own it on DVD, and that's great, and it's wonderful. And even if it's not a Blu-ray, come on, don't be a snob. It's still the movie. I, you know, I used to watch stuff on VHS tape where it, the best you could get was that it looked crappy. So, But now I'm realizing a lot of movies are not making onto streaming, especially older movies, because there is not a huge amount of profit in that. So companies don't want to waste the space on it. And I think there will come a time when it dawns on people, oh, I don't own anything, and I have to pay every time I watch a thing. The same way that like I don't own a lot of music, and I wish that I did. And at any moment, Apple could just take away all the albums that I have. So I am actually on the other side of it now, and I am pro-physical media in a way I wasn't before. But here's the thing. Are those DVDs in their boxes still? Throw those fucking boxes away. Put them yeah, into yeah. DVD books. You don't need those boxes. Those are wastes, wastes of space. What, does it look nice on your on your shelf? No. Put some books in there, look classy, and then put the DVDs, discs, you can keep the booklets Especially if, you want. if those were those, uh, those fucking cardboard uh, DVD yeah. cases with the little, like, plastic snap on the side. Yeah, it's it looks like garbage. garbage. Yeah. Take, slide out the, the, the insert cover, recycle that, throw the rest away. And mm-hmm. just take the disc and put it in like a in a disc book. Put it in a closet. You don't need to look at it, but yeah. you'll have it for when you want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad that I got rid of uh, got rid of my laserdisc collection because <laughs> now I have nothing to chop up and snort cocaine off of. <laughs> Wait, why do you have to chop it up? Yeah, you gotta like the chop cocaine. it up in the lines. Yeah, it's cocaine. Oh, the cocaine is being chopped. Up. Not the like, laserdisc. That's insane. Laser That's my disc. T2 laserdisc. <laughs> but even then, like there are people who got rid of their laserdiscs, and there are things on those laserdiscs often that are not available anymore. Like there's yeah. either documentary features or things like that, or better versions of movies, or no, I, the I old mean, versions of the Star Wars movies. I really, I really feel that with movies, and yeah. there's definitely stuff that I'm glad I have that I can watch whenever I want, anytime I'm hankering for some Ricky O story of Ricky, and if for some reason it doesn't make, it's not profitable for a streaming service to carry it, I can just watch it. Uh, I just have to have a thing to play my DVD. Uh, with music, it's a little different, though. I, I find that I've been uh, – I, I buy a lot of my stuff off of Bandcamp, uh-huh. and obviously I'd be nervous that Bandcamp would go away, but that lets you download the actual audio files, so it's a little different than just like iTunes. That's doing. different. But it's all like – it's mainly modern stuff because I'm kind of young and hip, and I support <laughs> modern artists, so yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot to add to what's been said. I agree with – Elliot for the reasons that he cites, and also... Stuart about the Laserdisc thing. Yeah. (laughs) And also, you know, even if a movie is available to stream on a service that's either free or you're already paying for, you know, the way that licensing works, they usually just license those movies for a certain amount of time, and it's here today and gone tomorrow. So, like, yeah, I like having it around. Although, with streaming, I have curtailed my DVD collecting a little bit. I don't buy as much as I used to, but I'm starting to buy more because I realized, like, I wanted to watch The Thin Man the other night. Mm-hmm. I own it mm-hmm. on DVD. Uh, Slender Man, you mean? Yeah, yeah, sl- <laughs> yeah sl- The Thin Man, the original Slender Man, because it's one of my favorite movies, Thin Man, not Slender Man. And, like, it felt really good that I could just take... <laughs> I would love to see the, like, DVD box for Slender Man where they edit that, that one of my favorite movies, <laughs> dot, 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 Slender Man. <laughs> <laughs> And it felt good to be able to be like, okay, I can just pull it out of the DVD booklet and stick it in the machine, and I don't have to, like, find it. I don't have to hope that the internet connection is going to stay up or something yeah. like that, you know? I like I'm, – I'm coming around to liking physical media. I never moved from physical books to digital books, uh-huh. and I'm glad because I like – I think physical books – I'd be worried more about losing books and things like that. Uh-huh. Sorry, I have a okay. sneeze, maybe. Dan is suddenly acting like there's an invisible bee that's flying yeah, around his I, head. <laughs> I, I do a lot of digital books, to be honest with you, but I keep like my favorite, especially with like graphic novels, I keep yeah. my favorites. Oh, gra- comics is different. Now I'm all 
I'm all, almost all digital on that. Uh huh. Unless you unless you get a you know the 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 anniversary cube of the Akira collection, which of course you can't get that on digital. That's, the, the that's thing silly. Is, I want to get it, but I already have all those books. Yeah, uh, I bought in, this is like the when, fourth okay, this is or fifth printing. I have okay. Go like, on. I have so many different printings of great like audio. Hellboy. How many different yeah, printings the, can I get? There's the great supplementary materials okay. that are all about like Moving on. unused art for the. But didn't they publish it with oh, the God. Japanese sound effects? I can't read Japanese. I don't know what that's saying. Leo. I don't know if it says Kerrang or Kabash. Leo, last Uncle name. Uncle Leo. <laughs> Leo, last name withheld, writes this. Dear Peaches, my girlfriend and I need help, so uh-huh. I am throwing myself at the feet of your sage and august tribunal. A lot of relationship uh, help we're handing out today. What is this, savage love? Last month, Stephanie and I had to make a somewhat long drive for apple picking purposes. <laughs> Nearly two hours one way. <laughs> And we knew that the only entertainment worthy of our mission was the Flop House. You got that right. The official podcast. You know you love us, baby. (laughs) I had been talking up the glories of Frank D'Angelo and Neil Breen, so we plan to listen to the No Deposit and Fateful Findings episodes, both Small Vember classics. Now, for a long time, I've politely insisted that the name of the month is Small Vember. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. she politely rejects my logic on its face. Claiming that it is small timber. Nope. <laughs> the round trip for apples was apparently the last straw because we could hardly contain our laughter while arguing about the matter in Target a few days later. That is what it's come to, public displays of animosity over the made-up name of our favorite movie podcast, small production-themed September episodes. Please, Peaches, how can we resolve this difference between us? Perhaps you'd favor us with a vote? There are three of you. Sincerely, Leo, last name withheld. Wow, Leo has really painted a picture of Apple picking, <laughs> podcasting, and product purchasing at Target. <laughs> Were you thinking of that while I was reading? Or yeah, you just... can see you can see the steam coming out of my ears as the gears <laughs> are working. through a dictionary. <laughs> now, if I recall cl- correctly... I, uh, oh, and you could also call collectly, as you were about to say. <laughs> the other person takes the charges. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, we, we got a baby. Uh, I, wish I, could, I, I wish I could do that. <laughs> no, um, no. If I recall correctly, yep, I coined the name for that month, but I misspoke the first time around, saying "small vember," thinking that that was the pun that made sense. <laughs> then realizing that the Month was September and not September. <laughs> yeah, so small timber. Honestly, the origin of it is, is lost to history. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it's funnier to call mm-hmm. it small vember when it's in September, and I like the sound of it more. Uh huh. And I'm a stickler for logic, so I say small timber. And Let's I like. See. I'm more like a go by my gut kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, whatever feels right. Do what your body wants. I'm kind of. I'm kind of caught between two warring houses here. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I could side with Dan, or I could side with the correct one, which is Elliot. <laughs> well, you're not going to change my behavior. <laughs> oh, so many have tried. <laughs> so I hope that helps. Uh, there's one last letter. Amanda, last name withheld, writes, Peaches, this evening I drove by a Popeye's, and it made me wonder, is Elliot... A lot of pee sounds in this one. <laughs> For apple picking. <laughs> I'm glad that with all our plosives, we're in a a, a professional studio today. Professional. Uh, this evening, Spudio. I drove by a 
Popeyes, and it made me wonder: Is Elliot still eating uh, chicken when watching movies for the Flop House? I would hate to hear that this control variable has been lost <laughs> now that he can't grab it on the way to Dan's. And mm-hmm. speaking of the long-distance podcasting, do you all attempt to watch the movies at the same time, or if not, do you agree to watch them in a at a certain time period before the recording? So that's still fresh, possibly. We Yours syn- floppily, Amanda, last name withheld. We so, synchronize it, which is hard to do with the time zone difference. I'm I mean, assuming Elliot is eating, what, kale and avocado toast? Yeah. Kale, avocado toast, sun-dried tomatoes, or as your wife referred to them yesterday, uh, tomato raisins. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, the, I, the sad thing, I hate to break it to you, I, I still eat Popeyes, and there's one in my new neighborhood, which is great, mm-hmm. but I no longer can eat it while I'm watching the movie because I'm usually doing the dishes while I watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. movies are watched in three or four chunklets I mean, by me as I would do the dishes. Based on the way that you uh, clean your plate of Popeye's chicken, I would say that's also kind of like doing the dishes because you could serve food on those things. <laughs> and to answer the second question about when we watch the movies, uh, Stuart often busts my balls about mm-hmm. watching the movies uh, several days before recording. Only because you forget everything. Uh, but that, <laughs> let's be clear. My, uh, my memory... My memory is a sieve, and if I had watched it the day before, I would remember exactly as much about the movie. Mm, all right. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's actually probably the best pro watch the movie four days in advance argument you've ever made, Dan. Yeah. Well, I we just you know we, we, all, we fit it into our busy schedules. As long as we get it done before we record, we try and really do it does. within say the five days before recording. When yeah. I my favorite way to do it is because we've been recording normally at like noon on a Sunday, noon uh Eastern time, uh in case you were wondering. Um I I'll wake up early on Sunday mornings, usually pretty hungover, and my wife will go to the gym and I'll uh sit on the couch and watch the movie. Uh, and then run right over to Dan so that we can record. So it's as fresh as possible in my brain. Now, when we do a live show, we still watch the movie together that day. Yeah. Before the show. Usually on some kind of small screen so that we can get the whole picture of X-Men Dark Phoenix or <laughs> X-Men Godzilla King of the Monsters oh. or X-Men Alita colon Battle Angel. X-Men colon Alita colon Battle Angel. Yeah. So let's move on. Doing to... some texting, Dan? Uh, my girlfriend has forgotten Elliot's uh, address. She is... Do not say it on the podcast, please. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> Why did you think not... that was forthcoming, Elliot? going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's uh, do some recommendations of movies you should watch instead of Slenderman. You oh, wow. It. Okay. Instead of the original Thin Man. No, that's a great movie. I'll tell everyone, look, if you haven't seen The Thin Man before, that's not my recommendation for today, although it should be. It's one of my favorite movies. you got to keep watching until Nick and Nora get introduced. The first 10 minutes or so of the movie is setting up the suspects and the mystery, and I like that part, but it's not quite – it's not the snappy wit that you're expecting. But then William Powell and Myrna Loy come in, and it's just nonstop bubble delight from that point on. Speaking of, you know what else is delight? Bubble from Max Fun, written by – Jordan Morris. Guys, uh, you're on your phones looking at things, so I'll recommend my movie. I'm sorry. There's... So I'm going to recommend the movie Boy. That's uh, one of Taika Waititi's earlier films, uh, and it's about a boy growing up in New Zealand in the 1980s, and he comes. he's in a, he's got a lower-class background. He's got a lot of problems in his family, but he's the oldest kid in the family. He's 11 or so, so he's taking care of his younger siblings and I think maybe cousins, and his ne'er-do-well father comes back and at first, it seems like this is his chance to connect with a man he has been kind of making a legend of in his mind because he has uh, so little to kind of look up to. 
And slowly it dawns on him after uh, experience with his dad the reality of the situation. And it's there. It's a funny movie and a touching movie. There's a little – it wears its Wes Anderson influence on its sleeve a little heavily yeah. in a way that uh, Taika Waititi uh, is kind of sloughing off with each movie he makes. I haven't seen the new one, but, but uh, I really liked it a lot. So I'll recommend Boy. I'm going to recommend a movie called Three Tears on Bloodstained Flesh. It's kind mm. of the same movie. Yeah, it's kind of the same movie. <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. It's a uh, tiny budget uh, giallo homage, or I guess it's just a giallo uh, set and shot entirely in southern Indiana using a cast of actors entirely from that area. Uh, if you were to ask me, should that movie be two and a half hours long? I would normally say no, but I've also watched it twice in the last week. Uh, it's... I don't know. It's this movie that is clearly made uh, for very little money. It it looks cheap. Uh, it, the you know the script is like fun and gross, uh, but it all like for whatever reason it it's still it's it's a it's a great movie. Like I I couldn't explain it. Like every I would watch, I'd be like uh, when I first started watching, I'm like, oh man, this doesn't look that great i'm i don't think i'm gonna enjoy this but every scene managed to include like little nuggets that made made me keep pressing on until the movie's over before i know it uh the all the acting has a little bit of the like we're putting on a play for our parents vibe but kind of in a good way uh the special effects are limited but they're fun uh there's definitely a villain that looks kind of like the nemesis from resident evil but he's wearing a tiny little top hat and that's really <laughs> awesome uh yeah it's just man i don't know uh it's it's on amazon prime uh so you can watch it there uh yeah it's great and weird check it out uh i'm gonna recommend a movie that as of right now i'm not quite sure how you can find it but i am recommending it on faith that it will be streaming somewhere soon and that uh, you will remember that I recommended it. You'll maybe come across it so you and want say, the credit. Well, no. I mean, it, I I will get into it in a second. This is not something that necessarily you would look at and be like, oh, this is going to be good. But let me tell you, it's going to be good. I went to see this at Alamo Draft House. They had a special screening of it. I think it was like a fundraiser screening for something. Our buddy Matt Carmen, who uh, does a lot of the tech stuff for our live shows, said, you want to go see this? And I'm like, yeah, I like hanging out with friends and seeing movies. And so it's a documentary called Who Let the Dogs Out? And it is about the song Who Let the Dogs Out? That sounds like exactly the movie Matt Carmen would want to see yeah. all the time. And it is a trim 61 minutes, but it is delightful. And it is about the surprisingly tangled history of who deserves <laughs> the credit for writing the song Who Let the Dogs Out. And, you know, a lot of people said, oh, Three Identical Strangers, the documentary Three Identical Strangers. There were so many surprises along the way, so many twists and turns. Yeah, I was more amazed by the number of twists and turns there are in the story of who wrote Who Let the Dogs <laughs> Out. And... You know, whether someone heard earlier versions, whether they're borrowing, whether it was something psychically in the air, over the course of the 60 Minutes, it sort of becomes a documentary about the way all artists borrow, and it's hard to know, you know, 
where something comes from and why a certain version of something becomes popular. It's like that moment, another... that moment when like Hollywood was convinced that the name Chuck was hilarious mm-hmm. and that they would find a way to fit it into everything. It's exactly like that. And it sort of becomes a story, too, about like the weird obsession that this guy who is unraveling this gets to with, with such a silly thing. And also kind of in a larger sense, it becomes about how any stupid thing has an interesting story attached to it if you work hard enough to discover it or if you tell it in the right way. So, um, who let the dogs out? That's just what it's called, Who Let the Dogs it's Out? It's just called Who Let the Dogs Out. So some people might think it's a film adaptation of the song. Yeah. And it's a whodunit <laughs> about letting the dogs out. Yeah. Is the song a whodunit? <laughs> I have to assume so. I don't know the lyrics, but I have to assume it's it's about a detective. I can only imagine it. Clues. It's about I a party it. where dogs yeah. get let out. And it it probably asks more questions than it answers, mm-hmm. guys. I mean, looking at the looking at the lyrics right now, who let the dogs out? Woof 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 woof. Who let the dogs out? Woof 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 woof. Who let the dogs out? Woof 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 woof. Who let the dogs out? Sounds like a who done it to me. <laughs> okay, well, let's just wrap it up. That's been another Shocktober twenty Shocktober twenty nineteen. Hope you had fun. Uh, we we lay it to rest in its crypt and we lower the coffin down into the floor, mm-hmm. cover it with the dirt of its home country, uh-huh. which and is possibly an, uh, a grieving Italian grandma. Yeah. Of course, why you were such a good boy. But Shocktober, you were such a good month, a good theme a month. But it is not consecrated ground, and Shocktober is an unquiet soul, so it will rise again. When next no year. one will knows. Oh, next year. Yeah. Well, no one knows when next year yeah impossible to tell maybe there maybe somebody will make another horror movie before then that we can review yeah it could be could be i mean we don't have any theme months between now and the end of the year right we might don't watch we have... the movie that we originally wanted to watch but i won't spoil that uh and also of course there's cage miss coming up in December. yeah don't we have sandalvember coming up that is oh, a made-up right. thing sandalvember or is it sanduary San- okay, no guys. sandalvember I, w- I still want to do uh, well we'll talk about it was either momuary or mom mom brewery i was <laughs> just talking about how we need to wrap it up so uh okay. for the flop house <laughs> cool. dan mccoy is me Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington, and I'd also think you should check out other shows on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the network that we're on, and there's a lot of great, cool content on there. So check it out. And I'm Elliot Kalin saying, why don't you tell people about us? Leave us a positive review on iTunes. Tweet about us. Instagram about us. TikTok about us. Snapchat Uh about us. Whatever your social media platform of your choice, they're all equally evil. Please talk about the Flophouse on them. I've been Elliot Kalin. Bye. That's boring. That's that's good quality propane. (laughs) Today's top story: (laughs) the boy ain't right, and propane remains the best heating gas (laughs) and grill fuel. In other news, local neighbor Khan Supernusenfan, (laughs) furious at his neighbor Hank Hill. We now turn to Boomhauer <laughs> for the weather. Did they ever do weather on Tom Brokaw's report? I don't think so, right? People need to know it. The national, <laughs> national weather. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.